everybody to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week we bring you Vanity Crash. And I'm going to go ahead and announce you guys from left to right. And uh, here we go. We got Dennis Van Crash. He's the vocalist. Correct. Well, one of the vocalists. You guys, you guys, there's a couple singers in this band, but you're, you're the lead vocalist. Correct. Uh, you play guitar? Yes. And you're also like the composer, one of the composers. You're an arranger of the band, all that kind of stuff also. He Correct. does every fucking thing. <laughs> he does, does a lot of stuff. And next to him, I have Thomas Anonymous. Yes. He's our drummer. Yes. Also sings. Yes. Also composes and does bit. a little stuff here. Helps with the help with the writing and stuff like that. Also, I do all the other kind of stuff too. The marketing. Oh, you so you you push the band forward. You're the one that you're the one that keeps everything. Some of that. The motor. Some of and that. we also have to his left, Matt Angel, lead guitar player. Golf clap. Yeah, every band needs a lead guitar player. Yes. Every band needs a lead guitar player. And I appreciate you guys coming down here. Oh. Our Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Um, now, one thing I did notice when I was researching you guys is there's kind of a fourth member, isn't there? <laughs> there I, mean, like, I mean, like, there I mean, like, I mean, like, so, 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 tell me, tell me a little bit about that, Virginia. Oh, uh, Virginia. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm talking okay. about. I see because she's all over. Like, if you look, if, yeah. if you're looking up, you guys, you're going to see she's all over the place. Correct. 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 Uh, so, what? Who's Virginia? Of, of, there's a real Virginia in this case. <laughs> Virginia plane crash. And um, she she worked with us just really just up until January, um, and she just had to bow out um, due to numerous reasons. Um, life happens, type reasons. life happens. Yeah, and she's she's definitely missed. Um, she brought uh, not only her vocals and that she was a great percussionist, um, but she she wrote. And she brought a certain um, levity to the band that is was was nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. yeah uh, so if people start looking you up and they see they're gonna they're gonna think either we forgot about somebody or something. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to clear all that up. No. No. That's good. And we've we've adapted um, over the course of this spring to just the three of us at the moment, and uh, I think we're going to kind of plow through that. Um, at the moment, okay. The three piece. So before we get any farther, real quick, I, I when I announced you guys, I announced you guys and the, the instruments you guys play. <laughs> and one thing I noticed when I was researching you guys is there is no bass player in this band. At least there's nobody playing a bass. Let's just say that. Um, so how do you guys pull that off? How, what, what, how do you compensate? What we do is uh, we do work with a, a computer that has tracks on it. Um, we've been using that for a long time, and. There's a couple of reasons. One is uh, we started using it when we lost our bass player. Um, that was Tim Lat Ratley. Um, he had to take a, a night job, um, and it we just couldn't rehearse because he was doing second shift, and that's when you always rehearse. At that time, we just finished doing a bunch of recordings, so we had all, all the bass tracks and things like that. So we said, well, let's try doing this bass thing. And it's something I did back in a band I called Q-Up. I, so I was kind of familiar with where we we're going to go with it. What's happened is, is it's evolved not only just applying the bass, but we operate our lighting system through that that coordinates and is synchronized to our songs, and we also have videos that do the same thing. Oh, cool. So we have a full package, so it's it's really kind of come together. I see. Um, the bass are all live, except they're on 
I understand. Digital. It was played. Somebody actually played it, but it's so it's not created through like a, a Pro Tools or something like that. It's actually somebody playing it, but it's just done on a. Uh, so, you, so you guys are playing to a click track basically on stage also and all that. That's kind of correct. Thing. So, so yeah, a little bit of a misnomer on the click track. Yes, there's a click track, but what I'm as the drummer, what I'm locking into is the bass line, just okay. like any other any other band would do. Yeah. The so you're listening. You're listening. I'm listening. Just to that like bass if there was a bass player in my ear. Absolutely. The difference is this bass player doesn't make mistakes every night well or he makes the same exact mistake in the same exact spot and so i've learned to lock in on that yeah yeah yeah. and and it's a live you know baseline it's not a it's not a synthesized line or anything so there to the viewer there is no difference yeah you can't tell no not to the not to the sound in the playing they'll look around and go I don't see somebody carrying a big ass four string bass. Where where is that? It's right, like- and this and this kind of you know we've had other people in here to do similar things. Listen, we find out this is this makes it kind of more difficult because in a band you can kind of screw up a little bit in a band and everybody knows it and they kind of pull you through that screw up, right? Yeah. But when you have somebody that can't do that, the bass yeah. player here yeah. can't do that, so yeah. you have to be. Right always, on, always, always or always. It's, if you don't, yeah, because if something goes wrong, that, that bass player doesn't adjust. <laughs> no, <laughs> or correct. you have to be able to get back to it. Okay? Right. Oh, so yeah. You see, there's a trick. In fact, yeah. I play with time a little bit. We'll, we'll play a little ahead of the beat. You know, you can get on top of it. You can be right down the dead center of it. You can, you can lay back on the beat. And I, I do that often, but you got to catch back up. Yeah, because right. Because that bass player is not going anywhere. He's not slowing down with you. Now, now to just give a little example of what you guys are all about, because it's it's a unique band. And 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 uh, the one there's one quote that you guys have on your site that I think explains it the best. You guys started off in a rock and roll musical, and then you turned that into the music of rock and roll and, and created a band that kind of follows this whole idea of musical. Like, <laughs> like there's a, um, you know, I, you've already said that there's a theatrical visual that you guys bring to the show. But just by listening to your music, you can tell there's like a visual going on in your head when you're listening to your music. There's so many different things happening and... and uh, I don't even know how to explain it sometimes because it, it, it's more almost like you're listening to a musical. Some of this stuff really is that way. Okay, so so it's very cinematic. If yes, that's word. a great word. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. It's a theatrical performance, really. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and like, it's Dennis because you know, in in real life, he's he does video production. He does. Oh. Uh, he can edit. He can come up with concepts. He's really great with costuming and makeup and hair and all that. Oh, yeah. And he brings that to bear. And when we come in with a song, it's not just the song. It's just, it's just the notes. It's the whole concept. It's what the visual is going to be like. It's what the lighting is going to be like. He programs all the light. We have a fog. Oh, you do lasers. all that. All of that I do. is pre-programmed. And then when we play live, the, the, the idea is to take it to that next level because there's nothing like live music in your face. It's not like hit and play on on a oh, on, God, on, no. a, on a totally CD different. or something. Especially when it's the kind of music you guys are playing. And and the, the other thing about you is, you know, not not that you're anything like this, but it reminded me of like the rush thing in your head because when when I'm hearing the music, I'm like, "Wow." And then I'm like, "There's three? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like at first you're like, "Oh, I can't wait to see this band." You know? And then you're like, "There's only three of them?" So so that was that was always thing. And the other thing I wanted to hit on was that you guys have taken like, like we've described it, it's theatrical, but the kind of music that this is, 
it's kind of that old seventies glam type stuff that was out there. The sweet and the, and the David Bowie's and all that stuff, which we'll talk about because you guys really get into the Bowie sometimes also, but um, you take that, you've kind of like put the punk thing into it, but not, it's not, it's, it's definitely not punk music. It's just has these tones of it. that kind of like weave into it a little bit. And then on top of those two things, you pile on theatrical stuff and it just seems like so. So, and, and let me ask you this: So, you're doing the lighting, you're doing the video, you're doing you're right. Is this like one giant piece of work in your mind when you're planning this out? That this thing, this is like one piece of work, and then you have to get all these things right to create this. Or is this? Do you create this kind of as you go? Like, does it start as something, and then as you go, you're like, oh, this this video now needs to be. How, how do you do it? Uh, mostly, it's. As I go, because um, I've tried to do some things that were more big picture in that, and sometimes that can really overwhelm you. So you just kind of take it one piece at a time, and you adjust. And if it's kind of a situation where where you're taking this is not fitting with the other stuff, you just change it as you go along. But to be able to complete something, um, you got to take it a a piece at a time to be focused. Okay. So, so that's, that's the, that's the, that's the secret. The secret is take it down into manageable things and then you can create your whole thing from those manageable things. Correct. <clears throat> Correct. Me. I mean, you might have a, a general outline of where you want to go with whatever. It's like when we're doing a record, um, you know, we got a whiteboard that has all the songs listed out. And then there's also a spreadsheet that List all the songs out and all the parts that need to be done, and you just kind of start checking off what you you know you're completing. But you usually will concentrate on one portion of that as you're working on it, and then you get to go back and get rewarded by checking off what you completed. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So when I said before a little bit that you guys started off a, a rock and roll musical, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how this all kind of like takes off, right? The start of this thing. Now the musical was called Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's correct. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that show? No, I have not. Oh, you got to see it. If it, it comes back live anywhere they, he'll happen to be, it's a great live theatrical show. They turned it into a great movie as well. But um, it's a fabulous show. Well, tell me a little. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell people a little bit about what the show's about a little bit, and then and then you know that kind of thing, and how you how you guys even get involved in it. Okay. Well, the the musical is about uh, a person named Hedwig um, who lived in East. Germany before the Berlin Wall came down and he wanted to get out his his mother was really mean to him and oppressive and he found a sergeant American sergeant that he fell in love with or thought he fell in love with and this American sergeant said that he could take him to the United States but the catch was that they would do a physical to prove that he was a woman so his mother had some doctor that would perform a sex change operation. And the sex change operation went all wrong. Hence, the angry inch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I clicked for you there, huh? Wow. That's a real unbelievable ending. Well, that's not the end. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's well, that's beginning. the ending of that story. That's the that's, beginning. Oh, that's yeah. how it starts for the poor guy? Pretty right, much. Right. Oh, but the, the, sto the story is actually very, very... Um, has a lot of depth to it. Um, the main thing is 
trying to discover yourself that to realize that you might have two parts to yourself and how can I bring these two parts to come together to be the same one in, in, in and of itself. So that's kind of like a big picture of what's really going on in the story. Um, I got involved with this. Um, I had a band called Q Up and my lead singer, um, Allison Garrigan, an amazing singer. Um, she was in theater and I was in theater too, not as a performer, but I was writing music for theater. Um, and she got hired to do, uh, to be one of the actors and also to do the costuming. And that was at Cleveland public theater. And they were looking for a music director and she suggested me. So I went in and interviewed and, they hired me, and then I went out to find a band to be part of that production. And that's how it all started. The whole idea of the show is that the, the band is called The Angry Inch. Okay? Oh, okay. So okay. it's Hedvig and The Angry Inch, just like it would be oh. <laughs> that's a band. Yeah, and what's what's different than like what you have with a lot of musicals where the band is in the pit or you know, off stage or something like that. The band's on stage. I mean, it's yeah. it's actually a concert performance right. at a club. And you represent the Angry Inch? The band yes. actually represents the Angry Inch? So whatever that comes from them is like the, the performance of the Angry Inch. That's correct. So you're correct. actually an actor. The band is. In that, in that case, of, yeah, we, we, we were a little bit of an actor. We, yeah. we got stage directions and things like it's that. pretty interesting. And, and some of us had a few lines and usually just ancillary stuff. But it really focused on... Two people, um, Hedvig and um, Yitzhak, which was Allie. And Yitzhak's basically a transgender man in the play performed by a female. Oh. And Yitzhak's kind of like Hedvig's sidekick, and Hedvig is very mean to him or her, however you want to call it. That's it. And that's pretty amazing, though, that the band, they actually have the band so... So the, the real quick, the thing that automatically I'm thinking now is you were into this making this kind of music then before this ever happened. This didn't this didn't bring this out of you. This just is kind of what started this. Correct. That's how it happened because they got this band together and it was killing. I mean, Dennis is he's shy about you know tooting his own horn, but this thing sold out. It was tremendously popular. I saw it, everyone saw it. They brought it back for a second season. And they they kept that band together on stage as the Angry Inch, and they got done with these two runs that were sold out, and they're looking at each other like we kill as a band. This is a great band. We got to keep it going. And short story, they started writing original songs, called themselves Vanity Crash, and here we are five albums later. You know, but it, wow. it was born on stage. So I get what you're saying. So, so, so as far as your ability and your love of writing music and that kind of thing, this type of music uh, on top of it has always kind of been there. You've been doing it just in another kind of form, like like doing it for plays, movies, Broadway, whatever, whoever, whatever it is, you've been doing it. And then this one thing just happened to have a band in the in the in the script, right? And that's what forced you to kind of do that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, oh, this is cool. And so now we have this. We have this. Correct. I get it. <laughs> we got to keep this going. It's too good to stop, you know? And that's, that's a great way to start, and it's a great way, as you say, to keep that theatrical sort of heritage 
and legacy. And so when we go out there, we're not like just making up, oh, let's let's create some kind of concept or let's create some kind of theatrical, let's dress up. No, we, we come from understanding, you know, whether it's, you know, Hedwig or whether it's other rock and roll musicals, we come out of that tradition, you know, and David Bowie did it. Kiss did it. We see you got some Kiss T-shirt here. You know, they were born, Alice Cooper. You know, it was part and parcel of what they were doing. You can't separate the two. And we don't separate them. And I think that's the difference between a lot of bands. They come out and they're like, oh, we just need to get some cool hats and some cool shirts, or you know, and and we'll be like that. It's not something you, you add later. It comes from where's these concepts coming from? What are we writing about? How are we how are we presenting ourselves? Yeah, you know, like so, like with the, and we were talking about how you guys more mimic the glam seventies glam more than anything else. If you're gonna, if not mimic it, but you know what I mean. It's it's Correct. it's, it, and then the eighties hit right, and glam kind of takes a different kind of a different path, right? I mean, it's, it, it still is glam, no doubt about it. They were still, sure. but how'd you feel at that point? Like, do, did you follow that path with, with the with what kind of went or or were you like, nah? Well, when the eighties hit, um, I followed more the new wave path. Okay. Versus like the the hair metal glam bands. Yeah. Um, so I was really into that, but in, in a way, it's it was very similar. I mean, it was very glammy, very, also. Yeah, very was, glammy. Yeah. Um, very influenced by the the whole Bowie style post, was the, is the huge post seventy things. Yes, yes. that was was yes. huge. We uh, the synths. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the synths. You know, I mean, that was that was a part of that whole new wave thing. And yeah, totally. Right, you know, that sound, that whole that sound whole that sound came out the in the eighties, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. right, and but you know they 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 had the the fashion scene different. I mean, same thing with the hair metal. Hair metal had their own fashion scene, but everybody was wearing makeup, boys, girls, yeah, and everybody had the big hair. Um, yeah, there was very little like uh, uniqueness amongst the, like one band from another. They all were doing kind of the same thing. Where I think the glam in the seventies was each band had a real identity about what they were doing yeah. and and they all looked unique and they all were very different in that way and right. i think maybe some of the new wave stuff it was similar to that also i i think so yeah i, I agree um we 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 do a song called dance music which is coming on in the next record that we're doing and found this video clip of, of from the from the 80s and it's just fun to watch you know so it performs you know the video clips behind us as we're performing a song but the 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 dress and the makeup and the hair, everybody was pretty different out in the audience. And it's, some of it looks kind of hokey <laughs> looking back, but it was, you know, it was the scene. It was just what they were doing. Do you guys get, uh, th- does the crowd dress up for you guys at all? Do you get, do you get that oh, whole yeah. thing? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, there's, there, there's some that really come dressed up. Ready, uh, ready for the show. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I, we had this little kid. We did this show in in Fremont, Ohio, at the Strand Theater. Yeah, and had this little kid, and he nailed the David Bowie uh, "Life on Mars" video outfit. It was he identical. Had, <laughs> identical. <laughs> really? I mean, he had the suit and uh, face. But we've paint. had we've had this before, where you know people just come dressed in Bowie That's outfits cool. That's or cool. just just their own personal glam. We had this this guy that was working at the Bob Stop from Oberlin. Uh, he was an intern, and he he came and he was he had all the makeup, but he had had this real T Rex look to him, and he just nailed it. Except he wore like skirt, <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> I mean, and we you know we we embrace you know all of that because it allows people to be who they are. 
Yeah, sure. Whatever they are. All right, we're going to take a quick break, guys. And then we'll come back here in a couple minutes, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more with the guys from Vandy Crash. A couple minutes. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's going on, Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon. And we are back with the guys from Vanity Crash, Dennis, Thomas, Matt. And I want to talk to Matt for a few minutes. Uh, Matt hasn't had much t- time. He's, he's been sitting over there. and But I want to talk about your, your lead guitar player. Yeah, man. And, and uh, you seem a little younger than everybody else, too, <laughs> I, I might add. I'm just going to throw that out there, too. You see me have, you, you know. So so tell me your story, the guitar story. How do, you, how do you get you into guitar? So, well, as the youngest, I mean, we like to say everyone's young in the band. I'm just the youngest, so. Youngest but, looking. Sure. I mean, we all look great. I mean, these guys, oh, yeah. they, they take care of themselves. Yeah. I mean, they're They're with it. So, but, uh, you know, my story, I bought my first guitar from Scooter. Uh, Lincoln? Yep. yep. Really? So, You're, are you a Parma guy? I'm, I'm, I'm a Parma oh. guy. Seven Hills, technically. So, <laughs> he was working at making music, and, uh, you know, uh, I think I was nine. I got my first guitar. It was like a cheap knockoff Fender Strat, and I saw his hair, you know, and I'm like, I want to be like that guy. <laughs> Dude, this is amazing. <laughs> so so I, I get my first guitar from Scooter. I take lessons at Cleveland Music, which isn't even around anymore. It was down the street. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of was rolling with it. I played viola in the orchestra. I played saxophone. But guitar was, you know, it was, it was cool. It was my thing. And, uh, you know, I played it all through high school, jazz band. Uh, I started forming a band. I was in a band called Orchard Park where we played, like, the Parma Ribbon Rock. You know, oh, all, that, all that local stuff. And, um, you know, then college hit, you know, so I, I go to college and kind of fell off the band scene, you know, fell into the college scene. And, uh, then actually I, I, so I lived in seven Hills and actually Brian Hager moved next door to me. Brian Hager. This so is, a, these, this is yeah. just a street store right down the road for us. Everybody <laughs> that you've had pretty much on your show thus far, <laughs> I have some kind of connection with. Right. Like so it. Brian needed, um. I was, in, I was in a band with him called The Tie Downs. He needed a bass player, so I play bass too. I do the backup vocals and stuff, but he needed a bass player, so I, I was filling in for The Tie Downs. It turned into one of my main bands. That, you know, I was back in the music scene. It felt really good. And then, uh, you know, Brian and I were talking one day, and he said, hey, my friend Dennis, he's looking for a guitar player. Uh, you should audition. And so I did the audition. I think it That's didn't. It. it didn't go very well. It, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> Honestly, it you was, know, it was no. Mess. They took two years to get back to me. No, <laughs> it went great. Um, they, you know, I fell in love with the band. They, they fell in love with me. It was, it was great. We had a really good chemistry. I mean, oh yeah. And, the, and real quick, Brian, Brian Allen Hager, he's got history with you guys also, oh, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. like he was actually with played with you guys. He at one was point. the um, coming off the 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 the, the headwig thing. Not everybody ended up coming into the band. And we needed a bass player. So Brian became the first bass player okay. of Hedwig. And then when Chris Viola, our first guitarist, left, 
um, Brian took over as guitarist, and then um, Tim Ratley came in as play bass. Okay. So, so Matt, real quick. So, like I said, you're a younger guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you like a lot of the guitar guys that, you know, I mean, like like Eddie Van Halen, uh, yeah. and, you know, like, right? I mean, that's, you know, I think we were talking earlier, you're into Slash, you're into Angus Young. I've seen, you know, all those bands, you know, since I was a kid. I mean, that's what I grew up on, and that's what I continue to listen to. Like, I got an ACDC tattoo oh. with a little little dreamer for Van Halen. You know, I actually got that two days after Eddie died. Mm. Wow. Um, and, you know, like, that's just what I grew up on, and that's what I like. You know, I... I I embody Slash. I dressed up as him for Halloween multiple years in a row, you know. So I, I got I get a Les Paul. I get I play SGs. That's that was like my path. So are you? So so let me get this right. So then, so what you guys are doing doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily the same thing as what we were just talking about. But however, what I do see in a lot of times with bands, you know, you have a certain thing you're doing, and then you 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 put like this hard rock guy, guitar guy into your band. And then all of a sudden, you've created something that's so palatable and so like so like, right. but unique. But it gives it such you don't even you almost don't need a bass if you got a hard rocking guy. <laughs> yeah, live doing that live, doing right? Live. You know what I mean? You want to see these two guys go? Am I, am I right there in a way? I mean, that's that, 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 oh, is right. that the idea of what he's that he brings to the table? Spot on. I mean, um, I, I try to give the band as much freedom as I can. Um, doesn't always happen. There's times where I have to kind of point in certain directions, but but both of these guys just bring a lot to the band that you know. And it, the more and more we play, the less and less I have to give direction because they kind of know where I want to go with stuff. Now, were you looking for this guy, or did this guy come and set you? And then all of a sudden, you were like, "Oh, we need this guy." Do you uh, know? What I, do you know? What, does that make sense? Well, I've you know when Brian had the tie downs, um, I went and saw him, and I saw Matt, and uh, so I knew about him, and then Brian. Brian kind of talked to both of us at the same time and brought us together. It's kind of like a coordinated thing, yeah. Like, uh, you know, and at the time I was with the Tie Downs and Vanity Crash when I joined, right. so we would actually be doing shows together, yeah. and it was really cool. I mean, I'd, I'd play a double night. I'd do both, you know, both bands, and so. I, I, I'll tell you what's great. We've had a lot. Of, we've had we've interviewed a number of people, and they're always like, I'm, I ask them that question, like, what's what got you involved? What got you inspired? Oh, the Beatles. <laughs> oh the Beatles! Oh, I saw that Beatles thing. I, I saw the Beatles. I oh 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 this or that. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Scooter. <laughs> I'm telling you, Scooter. It was you, dude. I yeah. love that guy. I love Scooter. <laughs> That's the best. I love it. He'll love it. You know, Scooter. He'll love to hear oh, that. Yeah. He, he's a great dude, man. He's Local excellent. legend. I mean, he's a legend. Seriously. He is. Nobody knows more people in Cleveland than Scooter. I don't care who you are. Yep. That guy knows everybody, and it's cool. Everybody. It's real cool. That's that's a great story. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about some other stuff. Let's get let's get let's get into the 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 vanity crash stuff. I noticed I was talking to you a little bit ago, and I read I read a thing where you guys are um, what it said. And correct me on this, is it said that you guys are doing like a tribute to David Bowie, and that's what it said. It wasn't a David Bowie tribute, although that's it, that is how I read it at the time. And and I will tell you, I, in my mind, when I read that, I thought, oh, they're one of the bands that can do a, a tribute to David Bowie if they're hired to do such th a thing, they can. That's kind of what I thought. And then I started talking to you guys, and you guys are like, no, mm. that's not what it is. What, 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 was, what is that? Tell them, because this is something that you guys are integrating into your right. show. People could easily see this, right? I mean, this is what you're, you're kind of doing. When, when, you say, when you say tribute band, you, you, you think somebody's dressing up 
like, you know, they're wearing the wigs, they're, they're dressing exactly like, they're playing exactly like, and that's all they're going to do that night. And it's a tribute to, and you're supposed to squint your eyes and think you're, you're in the front of, you know, yeah. whoever. <laughs> and we don't, we don't do that at all. You know, the way this came about was even before I, I joined up with the band, I had been doing presentations, started at Baum Wallace, where they were doing that. I don't know if you remember, they, they do this Beatles show live the students every year they perform a beatles album live with live musicians which takes an entire orchestra and multiple keyboardists etc and they were doing the white album and i said do you guys know the backstory how the beatles went to india and met with the maharishi and john had to write this song to get prudence pharaoh mia's sister out of her tent because she was in there you know and they're like no dude tell us about so i put a whole presentation together for the students on the beatles and then David Bowie released his 2013 album the next day, and I did a whole history of David Bowie's life. So deep cuts, video clips, needle drops, interviews, and this is like an hour, hour and a half long. And when I joined up with Vanity Crash, it was one of the few bands, think about it, that can actually play David Bowie. You don't hear a lot of bands even attempt it. A, the vocals, B, the theatrical, and, and this guy, Dennis, can pull all that off. He's got the stage presence, he's got the vocal chops, and the sound that we all are going for kind of comes out of that. And we were talking earlier about how sort of, you know, glam in the 70s went into that 80s sort of glam hair metal. They also remember punk was inspired by David Bowie. All of those punk artists were at David Bowie's final concert, you know. And so we, we more go down that path of where how punk sort of you know and glam come together i got you so when i joined i had been doing these presentations and dennis and i had to talk hard about can we put these together because i was sort of doing a lecture for an hour on the history of david bowie and then the band would come out afterwards and and play some david bowie play our own originals we've always done at least 50 percent originals even when we do these shows that are themed around an artist and now these days we we start with the band the band's on stage. We cut away to maybe a video interview that I've conducted with, say, Woody Woodmansey, you know, David Bowie's drummer on The Spiders from Mars, or Mike Garson, his pianist from that period, who actually plays on two of Vanity Crash's tracks. Yeah. You know, he's contributed his piano parts, and you hear it live. And so now you've seen an interview with him. You hear the story. He tells the story of how he was in Cleveland in 72 for Bowie's very first show in America, was right here in Cleveland. And you're hearing Mike Garson tell the story. And then, boom, we go to a song Dennis wrote that has Mike Garson playing piano. Oh. Okay, so the whole circle is kind of completed. And so you get the stories, but you get it filtered through a band that's very vital and is writing music now and is doing originals now. It's not, uh, you know, we're doing a tribute to, to uh, you know, nostalgia tour here. We, we, we know we're in a, a trajectory here. We've been influenced by each other. And then we'll do stuff that influenced David Bowie, like Velvet Underground or Bob Dylan, to show who influenced him. And then Bowie influences us. And guess what? Tonight, in front of you people, we are now influencing the next generation. Awesome. Right? That's great. That's yeah. Great. How did you become such a nerd about all this stuff, dude? Like, how did you become that guy that yeah. knows everything about I this? Know. How did that happen? Just obsessive. And I apologize <laughs> to everybody for that. But I do. I, I'm a collector. I've collected stuff. That's you know, cool. I, I That's so a, cool. And I love people like that that know. Oh. Like, you can just ask them. They're like, oh, yeah, that album. This is this. And they, they produced it and they did this. We did. We're having a yeah. listening session later later today, actually. I've gotten to be good friends with Billy Bass, if you know, the disc jockey from Cleveland. Yeah who turned all of us on to David Bowie, actually, back in the day. And he's become a good friend. 
Um, and we, we do, we're all kind of obsessed with, with the early roots of this and that, and we're showing each other and playing each other this. You hear this, you check this out. Here's the tracks, you know, listen to these vocals, solo vocals. Wow, amazing. First take. Bowie did 95% of his vocals. First take, one take only, wow. you know? When you listen to that stuff, you're like, that's why the passion is in there, you know? But the more you study, now certain artists, I don't know, man. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put up, you know, you'd be wasting your time to dig further than the surface, in my opinion. Yeah, right, right, okay? right. Okay, you really would. With Bowie, it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. You're constantly peeling them all back yes. and finding something new. He's and a something true intellectual. Inter he read books. He knew what he was doing. He, he got into film. He got into stage theatrics. You know, his lyrics were very dark. And this last show we did on mental health. You know, a lad insane. What does that say? A lad insane, right? I mean, he was speaking about his own mental issues way before anyone even realized we're all singing along rock and roll suicide oh dear yes like, talking about suicide <laughs> yeah right so we've kind of looked back and pulled these things out and i can't stress how much dennis brings to the picture and matthew live to do these searing guitar and to get the live energy of it because it's not just a boring lecture at all this is a rock show yeah know? right and and the people that are coming to stuff like this are also like insanely like like they, they're like oh we love david Bowie. Oh, yeah. So yeah yeah right these are the super fans of that so right. you you have to you have to pull this off or else right they're they're not buying it right, right. like you no. gotta you gotta like you, you gotta do this it. right nope. you gotta get down on your knees and you know do the shredding <laughs> solos you gotta <laughs> see you've you know there. go out in the audience yeah even a lot of shows this next year. to them you know yeah so, so are you learning matt are you learning a lot like through this process since you're like since like like are these guys are you constantly like are you kidding me like that that happened and that, that i mean is it like that for you through this whole thing i i really have to say i am grateful for knowing these two and like being in this band it's opened my eyes to a lot of other music that I, you know, like I said, I was an ACDC Guns N' Roses guy, but now that I'm in Vanity Crash, I mean, it's like this really cool concept of like me knowing more artists in depth and like the, we do, do the, we do the deep cuts. I mean, we, we go way beyond Ziggy Stardust, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's cool stuff. And I just, I love being immersed in this, this music community, even just Cleveland based. I mean, you, you know, you learn so much just from being around some people in this community and, and Thomas and Dennis, they've they've brought me through the reins. They've taught me a lot, and I'm I'm very grateful. Yeah. Now, one thing I don't want people to get confused about is that you guys really are an original band that does covers. I mean, that's how I would describe it. You guys do covers to get your points across and to show what where you've come from and what your influences are. And you and you, and I think part of it is your passion for that music and 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 trying to keep it alive, almost right. I mean, that's part of it. Also, it's all those things, right? It's like it's like that's what really drives this thing. So you're an original band. You guys have music that's out there. Anybody can listen to your music. You have albums. You have EPs. You have all kinds. You have quite a bit of music out there. Let's go through that real quick. Let's let people know. And, and if there's any little stories or whatever, let's tell them. You know, let's 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 talk about the music part because that's the that's the most fun with this stuff is writing your own music. Really, isn't it? Isn't that the best part? It is. It, right? it, is. <laughs> it really it is. is. Um, I mean, and especially when you get those magical moments. Moments when. You don't know where it came from. Oh yeah, right. People talk uh, about it all the time. Like it just, it, it, ugh, and I don't know. and you have those and what I call happy accidents where you do something that's wrong, but you listen to it back and it's like, wow, that's so cool. That's better it's than staying, I. It's staying there. I love that too. Right, it's man. That's staying great. There. And so, but we've we've done five releases, um, and I'm proud of all of them. 
Let me ask you real quick. The first album. Yes. Let me just ask about the first album. Everybody's first album in most bands is usually a collection of everything they've written up until that first album, <laughs> right? Their whole life. That's why so many bands' first albums are like their best albums, right? Because there's some there's like 20 years of music into that first one. Did you have a lot of music before you, like, like we, we just kind of went through the thing, like the band thing kind of came about with the thing, but you've been writing music before that. Oh, yeah. Did you have music that was, it was kind of like sitting to the side that for a certain occasion that you just didn't know where you were going to use it, and some of that came out, or was everything brand new when you wrote that first album? Um, I would say 80% of that was all brand new. Um, we had three primary writers at that time, um, and we had a, we had a different lead singer. It was Dan Felino, who was the lead actor of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, who's probably one of the, the most talented persons I've ever worked with. Um, not only is a, he could write amazing songs, but he had an amazing voice. But um, so he came in, and then we had Chris Viola, who's the guitarist, and he was prolific, and he had a band prior to this called the Viola Contingent, which I happened to play bass in. Um, so we had a relationship, but uh, and then I had my stuff. So we had everybody contributing. I, I think there's only a couple songs that were like written early, but all of a sudden when we got together as a band, it was just one of those fertile grounds where we just kind of like exploded and just went at it. Um, and so that's how that first album happened. I got you. All right, let's go down. Let's go on the list of albums that you guys have put out. And I, and, and I do want to stop on one of them because uh, the second one, Yours Justice, that was number two, right? The second right. one you're up. And, and, and the, the cool thing about that is it's a concept album. But, you know, I'm, I, sometimes I think concept albums are okay if they're done right, and sometimes they're not done right, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to go on and read about the concept and see what this is. And, and, and right away, it's about a guy. Let me tell the story. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> Let me see if I got it right. Got it's it. about a guy, wife cheats on him. And he gets so upset about it, he turns him into a serial killer. That's about that's about what it is, right? That's correct. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, no, that's a real that's something I would get into. That's a book I'll read. Um, so tell me, how does that come about? How do you come up with an idea like that? Like, what real quick? Where does that where does that come from? Uh, that originated with Dan Felino. Um, being an actor, he had this storyline, and so that was primarily him and I, as far as like contributing to music. He said, these are my storylines. This is where things are going. Can you write? He asked me, he says, can you write pieces for this, 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 this part? I got you. And we ended up with, uh, I, I, there was probably 26 songs we wrote. So we had a lot of material. And then the next challenge was trying to record it, which we never ended up fully recording. That was only half of the story that was on that second Oh. Record. So, so there's a part two hanging out there somewhere? There's a part two hanging <laughs> oh, out there. Um, a number of the songs that were part two ended up on... Some of the other stuff throughout? The other records, yeah. yeah. Songs so, like Blondie and... Oh, so that was supposed to be in, into part two. Right. So, I got you. I got you. So so you got you might, you might have to go out there and piece part two together is what you're saying? If you someday, <laughs> someday. Who never knows? We'll, we'll go with that. Um, All right, what was next then? What did you do after um, Rock and Rose Justice? After, uh, the Rock and Roll Junkie? Yeah, that was the third okay. record. Um, My personal favorite. Is that not, the first one you're on? No. Oh. So I, I'm only going to be on the new one here oh, coming up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But that's my favorite record. Okay. I think, does that have restraints on it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, real uh, hard that, rock. That was, that was part of record number two. <laughs> oh, really? Of, of, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Restraints. 
So, so you had restraints on here? No. It oh, never it made was. It, it didn't make it here, and then you, you. It was for part two. I mean, we had the song oh, segregated out. I see what you're saying. So the story went on. That was one of the songs that would go on to part two if you were to do Correct. a part two of this. I got you. I got you. And then you did the Phantasmagoria, or is no, that the new love, one? That's the love, latest one. Love was the the next one. Okay. Um, is that the one with Mike Arson on it? No. Yes. No. Maybe. I don't. I don't uh, know. I can't keep track of where the songs were on which record. No, he's not. His name's not on here. I okay, then that's he came on Phantasmagoria. Then. Okay, yeah. And then Phantasmagoria, uh, that's when Thomas came on, and we had two other female singers with us at that time. And uh, yeah, you got it's a bigger, it's a much bigger band in the picture is, here. It it's is pretty cool cartoon work though. I like the cartoon thing. Yes, actually. <laughs> You know, we one of the things we also tried to do is embrace local artists, not only musically but uh, visually, and that was done by Gary Dumb. Uh, if you're familiar with that, he worked a lot with Harvey Picar. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And legendary. Legendary. Yeah, he did that that cover, and he did uh, oh, this one wife. also. That's his wife, uh, Laura Dumb. She did that cover. Oh, really? That's cool. So That's uh, every. The records have uh, different nice artwork, and some of that artwork ended up on T-shirts and stuff like that. Now, you guys, the the summer's kind of ending out here. It's kind of winding down, and you guys are still out there playing, though. And you guys, and and, and for what it's worth, like, you guys still, I mean, this what we were just talking about, that's not the only thing you guys do. You guys also just go out and gig also, too, right? You guys just have nights where you're just playing music. Correct. Right, it's not always going to be the whole PowerPoint type just thing like that. Right, like it, like we just did a show at the the Mercury Lounge, and it was just Vanity to Crash show. Yeah. Now, do you did how does that how do you go about which one do you get? Do they hire that? Is that how that works? What they want, or is it you you you're out it's like hey, let's do one of these kind of shows and find someone that'll do it. Um, they know in advance what we're trying to promote at that time. Okay. So we'll have uh like coming up this January. Um, to align with Bowie's birth and death, because um, they were just a few days apart. Um, we've been doing an annual Bowie show that we talked about earlier, about uh, not a tribute, but right. more of a presentation in that. Um, so we'll be doing that again. Uh, we usually theme that to a specific topic. It changes every year. It changes time we every do year. It. So it's different yeah. every year. Um, we've been doing it regularly at the Bop Stop over at West 29th and Detroit Avenue. Uh, probably one of the nicest venues in town that everybody can see. It's got tiered seating, and it's it's amazing sound. It was built for jazz. So we're like, oh. we're like the only rock band that plays there. So that's a regular. Another regular is playing down at uh, Jilly's Music Room down in Akron. Oh, yeah. Um, but you guys, you guys also have to have a room that's also like conducive to the whole theatrics that you bring, also right. to kind of like it's got, lines. it's got, yeah, right. Like I mean, it's got, you got to have, all, you got to take all that into consideration. All correct, that. correct, it's correct. A challenge, yeah. We, I mean, we can do just straight up rock band. You know, uh, we're gonna play the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here. You know, just stand and deliver kind of stuff. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what we do. We're a band. You know, um, music first, basically. Music right? first, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. But also remember, there's the, there's the outfits, there's the costumes, sure. the presentation, there's whatever lights we can bring. You know, we'll bring our own lights, our, our own fog. We'll we'll bring what we need to do to, to raise the level, of even even a straight up rock presentation makes a huge difference. It does huge. And, and people look and go, wow, that's what are they doing there? You know, maybe we don't have, and we still have video if we can bring it because every one of our songs, even if it's not themed to these big programs, every single song we do 
has a video attached to it. No kidding. So if we can find a way to project that, we have multiple projectors, TV sets. We jack into the TV sets in the bar. You know, <laughs> like, really? Oh yeah, we if know we how can. to do that. Sure, sure. If you we guys hijack the whole place, we yeah, yeah, over. You know, everybody's cell phones start going yeah, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, if we could figure that out, oh, we, we would totally do that. No, I got the same switcher you guys have. That's the that's the Black Magic ATEM, right? Oh yeah, right. That's so it it's is, the ATEM. same thing. We use this, you know, send it out to multiple screens, you know. If if we can, even if it's straight up rock band stuff, we got a video for every song. That's so cool. You guys right? are doing all this live on stage. Yeah, we do right. it all live. Right, we do it, and we're switching from the stage. Who's doing the switches? You got somebody to do that for you? I mean, please tell me you're not on the drums and you're over there tapping buttons with the drumsticks. Well, we that's tried that. Exactly what we exactly did. Once. <laughs> once. With my left. And on the offbeats, I'm switching. Be- I got a monitor here, and I'm switching between the camera angles. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a clip. It's, yeah. it's yeah. hilarious. It was a little it's cool tough. stuff. I definitely want little, that clip. Yeah, if you have oh, that, I want to see that the for sure. Problem is, the show. all the almost all of the clips were on himself. Well, the, that's just a natural. There's a there's a close up camera. Right, I mean, you know, he's not conceited at all. No, I got you in it's one just, clip. Yeah. We do do those one-off shows, though, too, once in a while, though, where it's like, you know, it's just the band. Yeah. Like, there was, we did a, a show for my birthday uh, last February, and we hired 13 bands, and Vanity Crash was one of them. <laughs> it was at the Maple Grove, actually, you know, right. Nick Suma and all them. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, we'll, love them. we'll bring our show to wherever, basically, you know, we can play. I mean, we'll play anywhere, and it's, yeah. if, the, if we can bring the lights and yeah. the video, yeah. cool. But, you yeah. know, like, if it's just the band, like, I filled in on bass that night. Like right. so, we That's right. you know so right. we make it we're, happen we're, wherever we're at. We're pretty adaptable. I mean, yeah. we we just uh, this past summer we released a bunch of just unplugged videos that we did. Yeah, and we just went around town, just got our acoustic guitars and played the songs for our, our fans. Different. Wow. And so That's we cool, can, man. We can drop in and, and do anything. We don't need that computer. No, 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 no. You guys, but you guys, it's cool that you guys have so many things you can offer. Right. Yeah. You know, like you have, a, you're, and, and you're not going to like get bored of what you're doing anytime soon when you got this much stuff going on. It's kind of neat. No, you're right. always, always spicing it up. Yeah, right. man. And, and, and make it interesting for yourselves, not just for everybody. It's a, that, that I think that makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, going back to like the acoustic things, um, that, that kind of like brought a different thing to us. And so we've been considering maybe doing these real personalized house parties, like, you know, that smaller venues yeah, and, 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 just, and just get, cause it's, you know, we're more personal, more, yeah, you know, only 10 screens, you know, <laughs> keep, it, keep it a little limited. And I mean, two, we've, two we've, fog machines. we've played big rooms and medium rooms and things like that. But, you know, when you've got somebody that's just three feet away from you and you're playing to them, th- th- there's something about that person, you know, that being so personal with your audience and, uh, yeah. So we'll never know. We're we're always kind of changing things up, making cool. it interesting. So, do you guys get any gigs booked for the rest of the year? I mean, it's it's going to be yeah. September, October. What what yeah. you guys got stuff? Um, we do. We've got stuff uh, down at Jilly's in in Akron. Um, it's kind of a regular gig for us, you know. We have uh, a Halloween gig. We got oh really planned for it, Bob Stapp. Uh, it's like this Saturday before Halloween. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's what, the 28th. Yeah. yeah. And what, what's going to be interesting about that, we're, um, I'm doing a reunion with Q-Up, um, which was like an industrial goth band <clears throat> with Allison Garrigan, who, you know, brought me into Headwing and things like that. Has an amazing voice. And we haven't been out for 10 years, so that will be a unique. Situation. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 
Cool, cool, cool. And then we got the Bowie shows booked in January. And again, the theme changes every year. So last year it was this mental health thing, Aladdin Sane. It was also the 50th anniversary of Aladdin Sane, the, 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 the album. Uh, but for 24, um, we're going to do David Bowie in Cleveland. So there's this whole mythology about his first appearance in the U.S. was in Cleveland and why and how that come about. And we've got interviews, like you said, with the uh, members of the band that were there in 72 in Cleveland that we can talk. We've got, we've got Anastasia Pancios, who's our, our photographer, works with me in cool Cleveland. She was there at that show in 72. Wow. She's got photos. So we're going to plaster with all her photo, black and whites, these beautiful black and whites i mean you can see his sparkle and color shining through in these black and whites even back then and she'll have them for sale for you for like 10 bucks so you can take home something you know so it's really going to be a focus on that whole 72 first show and and before and after and all that wow yeah you guys are, you guys like I, I don't i don't i don't know that there's another band out there yeah. There's that no. has that does the stuff that you guys are doing. I mean, really, I mean, it's 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 a completely unique thing that you guys are doing. It's like it's like an educational it's a lot thing that's going on on top of just entertainment. It's like it's like a little bit of everything, right? I mean, this guy here, you got to say, multi talented, and again, when you've got a guy who can do video and edit video, who can you know perform on stage, who's this amazing guitarist writer can write great rock songs arranger okay then he helps us with our arrangements with our vocals okay and then he does the graphics look at these album covers yeah, look at, look at the, amazing. the artwork that's involved here you know putting the whole show together and then you know because his background with eighth day sound i don't know how long you worked there but uh he knows the answer to every <laughs> like nine, nine years, years or something <laughs> Every technical issue, every instrument you might have a question about. How does this lighting rig work? How does this video stuff work? How does this work? Dennis just effing knows this his stuff. And so the door is wide open. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of bands have taken advantage of all the skill sets that are um, in there. Now, Matthew also does mental health work. That's his day job. Okay, as as a social worker, I want to should I say social worker? Client care coordinator. Thank you. Social client worker. care coordinator. But so as we do these mental health shows, isn't it cool wow. to have like an expert in yeah, the band guys, who wow. shreds on the guitar? Okay. Plus, <laughs> plus, come on. It's pretty cool. We benefit from it when we go to rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. We we confess all of our. I was gonna yeah. say everybody bleeds on. You. I was gonna, gonna say the best thing a band every band needs one of them guys. Yeah, really, really, you know, every band mean. needs a good counselor. You guys got the amps all over here, and then yeah. there's a little couch over here. Over here. That's right. <laughs> we just need a masseuse in the band now. That's I think right. that would be really the best. <laughs> a massage therapist. Yeah, it's pure relaxation at that point, right? You, you can know. tell all your sins and, and and get a back rub at the same time. Guys, thanks for coming down. That's hey, all the time we got, so much man. for thank having you, us. Brian. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys, this was a lot of fun. I think seeing you guys is probably something in everyone's best interest. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you something that's cool about, real quick, is like, you guys are like doing what you can see on the big stages. Yeah. You're doing it in a smaller stage, and you're not charging $75 to $100 to go see you right. guys, it's we'd like play. to plus fees, <laughs> yeah, right. plus, yeah, plus right, fees. plus fees, right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, that's that's no. something that if there's anything, if there's one reason to go see you guys, yeah. it's because you're doing everything that anybody else can do, maybe better, and and it, it, it half the costs of, of of what you know you, you're gonna pay to go do it. That's a big thing for me is the local scene, man. It, it it's so much better. 
than oh, anything else because Absolutely. you can you can get everything and then some and and it doesn't break the bank. You don't have to just pick one. And it you know? it tells you something about yourself when you're seeing people from your own community. You know, you see how we were connecting earlier with you know him and this person knows that person. You know, when somebody writes a song that comes from your town, you know, that tells you something about who you are. Yeah. That's what art is. You Absolutely. know, it's, it's not so much about these touring artists, great. I love Taylor Swift too, okay? But how much is it really speaking to me versus an artist f- from around the corner, even relatively, who's telling stories of their life and my life? And we're losing that if we just all go corporate and we all yeah, go you're big right, time. Man. Right. Good, good point. But, Very you good know, point. really, though, Thomas does relate to that 14-year-old girl story. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of it, you know? They write some great pop songs, dude. I mean, oh, honestly. Oh, my God. You just want to sing along. You feel we, the we love each other. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. That's it. Thank Thanks you very much. Thanks hat. again, man. Appreciate thank you guys coming down. Vanity Crash. Keep your eyes open. January. Brian, you guys you. got the other gig coming up. You guys, I, I, I'm going to come to come out and see this. Definitely. I, I, yeah, for sure. We're going to have to come. I think Pat and I both will go check Definitely. this out. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. All right. Brian. Thanks for coming down. Pat. Thank you, Pat. See yeah. you guys next week. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.